0: And welcome to the Strange Brew podcast. My name's Jason Barnard, and that's Michael Brickforce and Reason Why from his forthcoming album. Michael is one of the greatest names in Swedish music. Well known as being the singer for the Hollies in the 1970s. He's had his songs recorded by so many great artists, including Carlos Santana, Cindy Lauper, Percy Sledge. And I'm very pleased to speak to Michael today. Huge welcome, Michael. Thank you, Jason. So we opened with Reason Why. Yeah. Can you tell me about the writing of that song? Well, it's
1: about, you know, uh, decisions that we make uh, on our journey and that sometimes the decisions might have been not the great ones. But sometimes we make great decisions. And in the end, you know, we, uh oh, time runs. It's so, the time is passing so fast and it's about that the wrong and right decisions we made through life.
0: Am I right that you wrote that song with uh, one of your long-time songwriting partners?
1: Yes, yes. Hans Huss. We're still working, uh, not that much uh, that we used to do, but uh, now and then, you know, the song here and the song there.
0: You've been writing with him for a long time?
1: Oh, many years. You know, I think we started mid seventies, something and uh, actually the first song we wrote was a song called daughter of the night classic yeah and that's been recorded by a number of fantastic artists through the years
0: so your background in childhood am i right that you're from a musical family
1: yeah my father was a violinist and also he'd be uh, up upright bass in you know swing jazz sort of you know during that time and uh and my mother was a piano player and, and my grandfather was uh, singing in a choir, with very famous choir. So there was a lot of music on, on the family uh, meetings, you know, yeah. which, you know,
0: that's probably the reason I, I'm doing it now. You started playing music very young then? Yes, I started my first band, I think I was
1: 12 years old. At that time we played... You know, you remember the skiffle?
0: Yes, they had that in skiffle in Sweden as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that that's the, what we started. I was playing the, what, what do you call it, a washboard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so I started really, uh, young, know, early, early age.
0: When you were in your teens, you played bass in a, a covers band. Was it Katnicks?
1: Yeah, that was it for a short period. Katnicks uh, would actually... We were on a tour in the north of Sweden on a ski resort, and uh, I was playing the bass that night. The guy who's uh, the singer got a terrible cold, so who's going to sing now? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, You know, so Michael, you must sing. No, no, I can't sing. But then, you know, I sang, and that's I've been singing ever since. I think I was. Like 18 years old or something like that.
0: So after that, you you were in the the group Bamboo. Yeah, that was a
1: uh, band I formed in Stockholm. We actually played for a couple of years. We did some minor tours in in Europe, and and we ended up as the um, support act for the Hollies here in Sweden, and that's how that started, you know. And uh, Tony Hicks was uh, he was keen on you know finding new talents and new bands because he he wanted to to just Start produce, so um, we went over and recorded in the studio in London with uh, Tony as as a producer, but unfortunately the Bamboo as as a recording band wasn't really wasn't up to the thing, mm-hmm. so nothing really happened with that. But later, um, was it some years later, was a year later, the uh, Mr. Robin Britton, who was uh, the manager of the Hollies at that time, called me and asked if I wanted to. You know, come to London and um, sing a song, you know, and audition on the air studios. And I said, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was really surprised that I got the job because I, I thought I didn't do a good job. But um, they said, you know, don't call us and <laughs> call you, and, which I did like uh, a week later.
0: Even in Bamboo, you were writing songs, because one of the songs that was also recorded by the Hollies, Touch, you also recorded with Bamboo. So you were writing songs in Bamboo as well?
1: Yes, I did, yes. But um, that, I, I was writing poems, and, and that song was actually a poem in Swedish. So I translated it over to, to English. That was on on the first record we did, on the album we did. Was was it Romany? It was Romany, yeah.
0: Going back to the Hollies, you were asked to come to audition. This was the period where Alan Clarke had left and they were looking for a new singer.
1: Yes, yeah, that's true. I flew over, and the audition was at Air Studios uh, in London. And I remember there was a line of, of English singers waiting <laughs> the turn to audition. And uh, we all learned the same song, I guess.
0: Was it the baby, uh, the song?
1: The baby, yeah, it was the baby. I remember, you know, I re- really tried hard to learn and, and, uh, now I'm going to show them. <laughs> <laughs> and I started saying, The first verse was okay. The second verse, not as good as I wanted it. And when, when the refrain came, I was totally out of tune. So I, I screamed, you know, in Swedish, which means fuck. <laughs> and I, I saw them jump in the, in the, in the room, in the, um, and I said, uh-oh, that's it. Anyhow, so they called us some week later
0: and said, you got a job if you want it.
1: And that was fantastic.
0: Did you like the Hollies in the 1960s?
1: Absolutely. You know, my band, we used to do a couple of Hollies tunes. So I, I really I really enjoy them. And my, my favorites were the Hollies, the Kinks, the Who, the Beatles, uh, all that kind of band.
0: Your vocal sound, especially on the baby, is very soulful. Is that something w- that was natural, or did you also like soul artists?
1: Well, actually, to to be honest, I, that was the thing that I wanted to do because uh, ever since since I started to play the guitar and sing, I've been playing one of my favourite uh, singers was a guy called Snooks Eaglin, which he inspired me and he. I mean, he was a great guitar player and a fantastic singer. Yeah, he caught me. You know, it, it, I really loved his stuff. So I was more into that. But um, and the stuff we did with the bamboo was was a lot of soul, like Four Tops and uh, James Brown, right, and stuff like that. So the Hollis was it was a bit different for me. You know, I, I have a slightly deeper voice than Alan, and I really had to struggle to reach the high notes in the beginning. But after a while, it became natural, sort of. <laughs>
0: The Baby was a hit single as well. So you, you were on the Top of the Pops here in Britain, weren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, a couple of times, yeah.
0: What was it like coming over to England from Sweden? How did the music scene compare?
1: Well, you know, everything that was recorded and played in England or America was, you know, what we thought like a hundred times better than that we ever, you know, could do it. So I was very, uh, I can't say scared, but a bit nervous. <laughs> yeah in the beginning I mean also the language I mean you think you can speak english but when you once you're there you understand well mm. I can't really you know I can't have a conversation I have to think of, you know, yeah. so I, I was very nervous and top of the post was the biggest show in Europe at that time so but I made
2: it
3: the child ride while deep inside her now the real truth he was the passion of the spring he was the baby and half forgotten in the past of time the real crime brother and brother we back backed to, to each other, other the war sang and mm-hmm.
0: Romany recording that, how was that experience, the album?
1: I thought that was great because uh, they, I think that Tony and, and the rest of the boys wanted to change the, the sound because at that time, you know, it was Cross the Steel, and Young, and America, and all those bands. Yeah. And they wanted to sort of slide in that sort of sound. And I think we succeeded. I, I thought it was a lot of great songs on Romany. Papa Rain and Romany. Romany. The song is great, I think.
0: Lots of acoustic guitars and harmonies.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of acoustic guitars and a lot of harmonies, of course. Yeah, I was surprised because uh, actually the were the songs were kind of complicated and so it took me a while to learn them. You know, because uh, they weren't really. Uh, they were complicated songs, you know, complicated melodies and chords and things like that. So it took me a while to learn, them. But listening listen to it now if I listen, if I'm listening to it now I think it sounds very good.
0: Alan Parsons was the engineer very famous um producer.
1: Yeah, 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 I loved him. He was a great guy. It was
0: somebody there. I was so started with the, the Argent. Rod Argent was a pianist who started Argent.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that time. You know, fantastic. Very nice guy.
0: Magic Woman Touch that was one of the other big singles.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I know I, I, I still get letters from uh, New Zealand Very very popular. I don't, I don't think it made any charge in, in England
0: or America. The current Hollies band still play that song even to this day.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because I, I met them at, they were, um, having a fantastic concert in Sweden some year, two years ago. And I went to the concert and I went backstage and met them. It was great fun. No, I remember. They still played it. I mean, I was with a baby. I'm looking through at yesterday
3: For the same clue, how can I get to you? I know there's been a change in me
4: Ask me why,
3: I don't know My friends no longer speak to me
2: Ask me by
0: Is an album it sold well in in the United States and listening now, it's actually one of the best Hollies albums, certainly from the 1970s. So that's definitely something to be proud of.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of proud of that because uh, actually, we when I'm on tour now, I, I play uh, Magic Woman Touch and I play Romany sometimes, still, you know, and uh, people love it.
0: And then singing live with the Hollies how was it singing a mix of new and older material? Was that okay, given your difference in vocal style with Alan?
1: Yeah, as I said, you know, I mean, their harmonies are uh, very high pitched voices, so uh, I had really to t- struggle for a while to um, reach the high notes. But on the very only songs that were very, very, very high was uh, Terry Sylvester, who took lead vocal. So I, I did. Uh, harmony to it or something like that but it was um i was amazed actually we had on the first tour we had the the first gig was in maine some college in maine and we just been been rehearsing after that moment but once we were on stage you know it's like the intensity and the energy was amazing so different from the rehearsals (laughs) That that was very impressive.
0: This footage of the midnight special TV show in America, yeah, which shows that Sir Terry Sylvester sung "Long Call Woman" and then you sung "He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother," and, it, and both sounded really good.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, the Santa Monica Pacific Auditorium, if I don't if I remember what right. And we had the um, honour to have a a fantastic uh, local band. The stage was totally full of Hammond organs and martial <laughs> amplifiers and dancers and choirs and it was so incredibly good. So then they took away all it moved all their amplifiers and organs and I remember we had one small Vox A C thirty, I think it was called. Yes. They looked so small and innocent on this big stage. <laughs> but it turned out good.
0: Years ago, the Hollies had the first
4: major hit with a song that's now become a standard. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. And once again, let's hear the Hollies.
0: So as you were in the Hollies for quite a while, you wrote more songs and that included the single Don't Leave the Child Alone. So did you have greater confidence in contributing songs to the band?
1: Uh, I remember we had a break for, for the summer and we decided before the break that we should write some songs for the records, which I did. You know, I didn't think much about it uh, when we uh, met on, on Abbey Road to play our our songs. Well, I only wrote three songs, but they accepted all three of them, which I was really surprised and happy, of course.
0: There were some songs that you wrote with Terry Sylvester as well?
1: Yeah, I think we wrote one in New York. Um, They Don't Realize I'm Down, I think it was called.
0: And around that time, it must have been strange that the the Hollies had a hit single of an older track, Long Cull Woman. Yeah. But at the same time, you're yeah. releasing your own material. That must have been really weird.
1: No, not really. I, I you know, I was so shocked, and and
0: <laughs>
1: I tried to to um, blend in, you know, with the with the band, and I didn't think much about that. And of course, uh, Terry sang that a long core cool woman so much better than than I ever, you know, <laughs> could have done. But.
0: You also toured Australia with the Hollies as well.
1: Yeah, yeah fantastic place to visit of course i haven't been there since but uh, it was different very very friendly people a lot of parties and the audience was very happy i think the hollis were pretty popular in in australia at that time anyhow. so it was a great experience
0: what do you think of the out on the road album because that didn't get a full release because you'd uh, left the group by the time it went out was that a, an album that you're fond of?
1: Not really I, th- I think the Roman is so much better Right to be honest I, I don't think it's one of the the hardest best records July
0: 1973 you, you left the group and it, it seemed that things weren't working out for you and things weren't working out for some of the group. so it, did it feel like the the right thing to leave? Was Was it too much touring?
1: Yeah it was there was a lot of tours, touring, and and um, when you're you're on tour, you have to accept the fact that your your home is a new hotel every every day and, and every night. And, uh, that was a bit too much for me at the time. So uh, we had this summer break, and I decided actually to call and said that I. That I uh, I wanted to leave and, uh, felt sad in a way, but, but, um, that's what happened. Um, and, and the thing is that, uh, when I caught, talked to Robin Britton to tell him this, he said, Well, Michael, that's good because I was just about to call you and give you, fire you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, 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 was, uh, ahead of it.
4: Child alone, strangers far away. Together, we want to see the moon from the same place where we used to play. A child
3: shining as the sun. Don't be afraid, because I know where it all began.
4: Don't say another word. I've heard all I need to hear. Has it never in your lazy mind occurred? Only I know what you want to share The child
3: light shining as the sun Don't be afraid cause I know where it all begun
4: Same place where we used to play A childlike shining as the sun
2: Don't be afraid cause I knew what it only does Don't say another word I've
4: heard all I need to hear Has it never in your lazy mind occurred
3: Only I know what you want to share A childlike shining as the sun Don't be afraid cause I know what it only does
0: A very different situation now to recording solo material because you must have been so much more confident to really start your solo career by the mid-1970s given the experience you had with the Hollies.
1: Yes. Yes, of course. I mean, tour with the Hollies in America and Australia and um, in the rest of the world. I wasn't that uh, scared or I don't know how to express myself here.
0: Yes, you're more confident.
1: Yeah, more confident, right. And then when I started to write songs with my, my friend Hans Huss, uh, which is an uh, incredible poet and uh, language, you know, he, he speaks English fluently. And uh, both him and I was very confident when we released the first record of Daughter of the Night.
0: We've now got the Carlos Santana version. Listening to your original, I could see why Carlos Santana would love the track because it, it's got a bit of a Santana feel even in your version. Yeah. What was the sound you were aiming for when you first wrote and recorded that song? Uh,
1: it was some kind of folk, blues kind of sound. I just bought a new uh, new uh, Martin new, uh, you know guitar in New York and I loved it and played it all the time and this just turned out one way in, one way out. Hmm. Funny thing, I I read in... Um, Interview with Carlos when he recorded Daughter of the Night, and they asked him, Why, Carlos, why did you record that song? And he answered, Well, it reminds me of my childhood, you know, the uh, feeling, the sounds in the, in the alleys when I was a kid. And I remember writing the song, it was in Stockholm, it was a very snowy winter, February night. Uh, it's a bit. Uh, how could that sort of remind him of the village in Mexico?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you liked his version.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Richie Havens recorded it as well.
0: Yeah, and Jim Capaldi as well.
1: Jim Capaldi too. Yeah, but uh, I prefer, I like uh, Carlos' version.
0: Do you know how Carlos heard of of the song?
1: <laughs> you never know that. You know, it, it's hmm. the music publisher said that we. Uh, you know, we send him uh, this and that, but um, I'm not sure. I think he actually heard my version on some radio station.
0: The other solo tracks that I want to ask you about is Dancing on the Edge of Danger and you also wrote that with Hans. Yeah. So that seems to have a bit of a J.J. Cale influence. Is he an artist that you were influenced by?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. First time I heard him was on a tour in in, uh, in America, in Seattle. I heard him on the radio, you know, on the car radio. Almost uh, went off the road. And, and that was a song called Lies. Right. And after that, I sort of, you know, everything he did, I, I loved it. And we're still playing uh, J.G. Care yeah. now and then, you know, on tours. So, that, uh, yeah, Dancing on the Edge of Danger has that sort of little monotone feel of it and rhythm. And also a little disco.
0: <laughs> you and Hans uh, struck up such a good songwriting partnership. Was it obvious when you first started writing with him that, that you would continue to work with him for a long time?
1: Oh, yeah, we, we've we been writing, I mean, uh, the first song we wrote was Daughter of the Night in 1975, and that's 48 years ago. <laughs> so, um, but as I said, you know, we still write songs, and on this new uh, live LP that we are re- yeah. releasing in April, we have uh, at least, I think, eight songs that we wrote together, if not more. <laughs>
0: One of the other things about your career that is good is that you continue to develop your sound as time passes and Tender Turns Tough is a a really good example because it's more new wave. Yeah, it was a bit.
1: Yeah, I started listening to Clash, for instance, and uh, I thought that, yeah, I like that. And I also had this new band with fantastic musicians. So we did that together. We actually sort of... Improvised a lot of songs, like, yeah, yeah, and then turns tough to more or less improvisation.
0: Did you focus on playing in Sweden, or did you go to other Scandinavian countries, or onto the continent in Europe?
1: Uh, mostly in Sweden. Some in Norway, Finland, and also down in Germany, Holland, Spain. But mostly in Sweden, during the summer time, because uh, we have, or well, we had something called the Swedish folk Parks, that was a huge organization, fantastic uh, venue, and uh, unfortunately, they're all starting to fall apart now for some reason. But that was the uh, sort of main scene for us, was during the summer in the, in the folk parks. Yeah. And then after the folk parks, the, the uh, every city should have their own city festival. We sort of took over from the folk parks and, and became almost, uh, well, even more popular. So that's where we are, and... And it's still the the summertime that's the most, where we work the most, so, so to speak.
0: Another fantastic artist who's covered or recorded your songs is Cindy Lauper, and she recorded "Yeah Yeah." So yeah. you first released that a few years earlier yourself.
1: Yes, I did. Um, I think it was just a half a year earlier or something like that, or maybe a year, because i, I was in I was in in uh, California recording on on Record Plant, and behind there somewhere there's a bar, and a friend of mine came in and said. There's a girl called Sin Loper who uh, wants to record Yeah, Yeah. I said, yeah, fantastic. Because at that time, I didn't know who she was, you know. Yeah. But she recorded it, and it was on this girl just to want to have fun. And it was a huge success here.
0: That must have been amazing. Yeah, it
1: was. Because uh, actually, she w- she had a party somewhere close to the record plant. And, and somebody played my record on this party ah. to her. And that's how she started first.
0: Her album, She's So Unusual, is now yeah. preserved in the Library of Congress as one of the most important albums in, in United States history. So with your song on it, that's yeah. that's incredible.
1: Yeah, it is. I, actually, both, both Hans and I are invited to the uh, Congress uh, Library as a totally switch, except for Birgit Munson, a famous opera singer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was really surprised there.
0: Another huge song for you is uh, "Finger." so we're getting to the late 1980s now. That's a song, the message that you were wanting to get across with that song is uh, quite important in that it, was it about not being materialistic?
1: Yes, yeah. It is. Uh, This was during the Yuppie era. Yuppie, yeah. Everybody, you know, Yuppie era, uh, everybody was driving around in Shining porches and uh, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: So I, I actually, I met with a friend I haven't seen for ten years. And we met outside a pub, and we went in and started talk about what happened. So he asked me, "Well, if you if you if you had any money, what would you do?" So oh, I don't know. I don't need anything really. Well, a pair of wings so we could fly out and do something more like that.
0: It got to number one in Sweden, didn't
1: it? Oh, yeah, for a long time.
0: <laughs>
1: Still screen, you know. I, 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 if I don't play that song on my concerts, you know, we <laughs> will be very, very upset.
0: That song was written with a different songwriting partner?
1: Yeah, a guy called Peter Lindfors is not with us anymore, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we wrote quite a lot, many songs almost all the songs on on that album. And also when I started this uh, band, Grimlings, they wrote a couple of, well, a lot of songs to that band too.
3: Tusen mil ska jag flyga tusen till För att göra det man måste, det att göra
4: det man vill
0: You mentioned Grimlings. Yeah. You'll have to pronounce the Swedish here, but it's my best for you?
1: Yeah, Meet best for today. My best for you, yeah. It was also number one for a long time here.
0: That's a super group of different famous Swedish singers and musicians?
1: Yeah, it is. You know, because I, I had this dream that once, you know, maybe when I can afford it, I'm going to buy a big farm. Mm-hmm. And when I could afford it, I bought a big farm. And the dream was to to invite friends and colleagues uh, for a couple of weeks or months during the summer. And I had a studio, um we wrote songs, we recorded songs, and all of a sudden it was uh you we were a super band. So that was great. It was like a little small hippie, you know, everybody came down with the kids and dogs and cats and grandma grandma and grandpa. It was like a a hippie community. It was an absolutely great time. We, I think we did uh, three albums, but the first one was the most popular.
4: Säger jag eller nej Jag sätter mitt alls, Mitt bästa för dig förbi Möter sitt
2: of day Charlie.
0: So now we've got Percy Sledge and Blue Knight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What was the connection with Percy Sledge? Because that's a song that you wrote with Hans again, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, during the time in, in, in America, we had I um, came across a, a fantastic uh, guy called Saul Davis. He was the head of public relations during this, our first tour, uh, but uh, he's been my friend ever since. He was one of the producers for the this, uh, Percy Sledge comeback. So he called me and asked if I had any songs. I sent him some songs. Blue, Blue Night was one of them, and we still in touch, not very often, but now and then. And after Blue Night, uh, uh album after that was Shining Through the Rain, which I wrote too.
0: You also sung with Percy Sledge. Did you actually get to meet him?
1: Oh yeah, we were uh, we were toured together
0: was that in Europe or in the United States uh, in Europe it yeah, was
1: he was fantastic great person to work with you know very humble very
0: We now have a, a song that you co-wrote with Paul Jones of Manfred Mann, when he comes so how what was the connection with Paul Jones was that Sol Davis again or someone else?
1: yeah Sol Davis because Sol Davis uh, wife Carl and I think she produced it, this first uh, over and we wrote this song actually in the studio and recorded I think Eric Clapton was there as playing the guitar too. At the Olympic, Olympic, I think it was.
0: Oh, the famous London Studios Olympic.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's there anymore. <laughs> no. I think we were one of the last recordings there. But that was uh, fun. The thing is that I haven't heard the song since then. You know, I tried to find it on Spotify, uh, but I, I didn't find it.
0: So you went over to London to record with Paul? Yeah, yeah. Did you write in person with him as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, we wrote that song together. When he comes, I think it was called, yeah. So we wrote that song uh, in the Sturgeon and recorded it, uh, but I haven't heard it since then. It would be nice to
0: hear. Now's the time to. Yeah.
1: That would be lovely to hear. Yeah. I can't remember it.
4: That man you're looking for He's been here and gone Yes, that man you're looking for He's been here and gone But don't let that throw you down He will return Mm, He'll return before too long No way of knowing He might come back again But when he comes back, I know, when he comes back, I know, that's gonna be for his, his friends. Just waiting for his return yeah, there's whole lots of people He comes back suddenly like a burglar. (laughs) There's something you got to learn. Got to learn.
0: I wanted to close the podcast with another one of your more recent songs. Look for me, Angel, is a lovely song of yours. Yeah, and that
1: song is actually uh, on the same production as this first song, Reason Why. Those are sort of the sound that that I have right now.
0: So, what's the plans for your forthcoming album? Then did you say it's coming in a few months?
1: Yeah, in April. In April. Yeah, well, you know, we're planning tours, of course, and some TV shows here in Sweden. I mean, the the record business and the music business is a bit slow at the moment. Uh, it's, yes, it's, it's hard to uh, to plan too long ahead. Hopefully, I get this great band together and get some concerts during the summer, uh, spring and summer.
0: So the plan is basically to keep writing songs, recording, and playing live.
1: Yeah, that's the plan. And the thing is, that, you know, when the, when the Corona started, I thought, wow, now I got time. I can write a lot of songs and. But in two and a half years, I didn't even touch the guitar. Ah. And so many of my colleagues the same, you know. They just lost it. But it's slowly coming back.
0: (laughs) That's great to hear. (laughs) Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time. It's such a pleasure and privilege to speak with you today. Thank you again.
1: Thank you, Justin. (laughs) Look
4: Shine your light on me Show some comfort for a stranger Set my spirit free I've been slipping into darkness I've been howling at the moon So look for me, angel And bring me homeward soon So look for me, angel I'm lying on the ground Used to fly like an eagle But a hunter shot me down I had golden wings of freedom But I tore my soul apart So look for me, angel And mend my broken heart Back to life So look for me, angel, my flame is burning low. The sun is slowly setting, got no place left to go.